welcome to Matrescence Awakening with Kieran Lee. I'm your host, Kieran, and I am so honored to be in your ears today. In this space, we chat all things matrescence, which is the process of becoming a mother, as well as spirituality, personal growth, and whatever else comes up along the way. So I love sharing this space where I get to chat to incredible humans about their journey, their experience, and they get to share their wisdom with you too. So today's incredible guest that I have with me is Christina Carlson. Christina Carlson is an embodiment and energetic coach, speaker, teacher, and the host of the podcast, Bitches, Witches, and Queers. They offer one-on-one coaching to support your freedom to operate your own way and to do so free of shame and with full confidence, believing that it is imperfectly sacred and holy to be who you are. Christina is a Beautiful You Coaching Academy graduate sensual feeler and human enthusiast. Her own journey of embodiment led her away from religion and into discovering her own sexuality and a new spirituality. She loves holding space for those processing big changes and giving permission to those ready to explore all that is possible for them. So Christina, welcome. It is so nice to have you here. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. We've got so many things to delve into, and I would really love to start our conversation with exploring and understanding more of your um, journey with spirituality. So where did your spiritual journey start? Would you say that it was um, when you were part of the religion that you still considered yourself spiritual then, or has that been more of like a language and energy shift into it? So what's that kind of been like for you? So I've been thinking about this question and I think that like my spirituality has been present for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Like I have I I have a lot of mem- like early spiritual memories. Like one of the first memories that I have was sitting in this small chapel at like a Bible camp that I I was maybe 4 years old and the sunlight was streaming in and I just felt like this absolute presence of love and peace. And I knew that that was like God. That was the language that I had for it at the time. Um, But like my spiritual relationship, which like this is hindsight looking back, I can see a spiritual life and a religious life that were kind of in conflict with one another throughout my journey until I let go of that religious aspect and allowed more of a spiritual life to evolve. But like, looking back, there was like all these spiritual experiences that I had in the midst of that and very like, very awake and alive to like other things that were possible outside of just what I could see. Yeah. So what were some of those things? Well, like, and again, this is hindsight. It's so interesting. Like I hadn't revisited this concept of spirituality in and looking at my previous life, my previous like religious life with the lens of spirituality until very recently, mm-hmm. because I went through this stage after deconstructing and leaving the religion that I was a part of and went through a phase of almost like atheism where I was like, I don't believe in anything I can't see, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was sort of this pendulum swing of like, I needed to get a hold of myself and find who I was outside of that. But I realized that it was missing this spiritual aspect. So like looking back, I see this lens of spirituality, like these moments that I had that were deeply 
spiritual for me, like of really sensing deep joy and community and in nature and with people and in service of like helping other people, like those moments where I really sensed that like deep, profound joy, like within myself and within those around me, like I still look back now and I'm like, oh yeah, those were spiritual experiences. Yeah. The the only, the problematic aspect was that I was told to put it in a specific box and told that it had to mean this particular thing. When in reality, it was a spiritual experience that could have had a lot deeper and profound of a meaning and like shape on my life. If I had had the freedom to allow that to be my spiritual experience. Yeah. And so what makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. So what is your spiritual experience like now when you get to make your own rules around the way that you connect in with that spirituality and bring that joy and and peace and love into your life? What does that look like for you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I still feel new. I still, I still feel like a, uh, like a young baby when it comes to like (laughs) understanding my, you're um, a little baby giraffe on wobbly legs. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) A giraffe. Exactly. That is, that is what I am. Um, understanding like that dynamic, but like for me, this is found like in in very similar ways that I was just mentioning, like it's in my body and it's in connection with other people. And in moments when either I by myself or with another person can see beyond what is right in front of us and yet are still profoundly connected in that present moment. Mm. And, and like, I, I wanted to share like a, one of the like pivotal moments for my spiritual journey happened when I was still in religion. And it was this, um, I had been taught that like my body was dangerous. The spiritual like framework that I was in was we were taught not to trust our intuition and our minds and our hearts and our bodies. Those were things that were like off limits to us in a lot of ways. Um, and I got the opportunity to learn to hula dance when I was living in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of like finding a loophole because I was allowed to access dance and movement in my body in a way that had been like previously forbidden or condemned. And so for me, it was like awakening the spiritual side of me. Like the, the spiritual to me is always about like being present in this moment. And I had been so disconnected from that in so many ways because I couldn't connect to my body So coming back to that and realizing that I had a felt sense of a body that I could tell when I was dancing was like that, like reconnection to spirituality. And it was like, I couldn't get enough. (laughs) So that moment when you had that experience, did it feel like full liberation? Like, oh my God, I'm just awakened here to a new way of being, or did you really struggle with but I'm doing something that here that I'm not supposed to do. Like, was that, was there that duality there or was it like, no, nah, this is full liberation for me. So, so I have like, um, you know, how there's a shadow side. Like we all have a shadow we can't see. Mm-hmm. I have this experience like, and this is, this is an instance where this really served me. I didn't look at it. Um, I was so scared, like in general of like, what that liberation might be that I didn't look at it. And in this instance, that really served me. Like the the experience that I had spiritually with my body through dance 
I didn't acknowledge because, and instead it was happening below the surface in a way that my nervous system could handle. Because if I had like named, I'm like feeling more sexual or like if I had named anything like that, I would have been way too much for my system. (laughs) So I kept it in my shadow and like had like all of these changes taking place around me and in my life because of this but I didn't name it. (laughs) Wow. So just, yeah, being fully surrendered, your body being fully surrendered to like, we're being awakened here, but your mind's like, I'm not yet ready to be on board. You just do your thing (laughs) and I'll get on board when I'm ready. (laughs) Yeah. I started, I mean, like, I know a lot of, um, uh, in yoga, they talk about like your hips are like your emotional center, right? Like, and I, you know, I wasn't aware of that at the time, but like, I I got a lot more emotional. I got like a lot more like loud about what I was feeling and like it really disrupted the relationship I was in. I also like got way more like sexually explorative and was just like, oh, like I want things that feel good. I, w- I would just like practice hula for hours, like on my own and didn't know why. I was just like, I really love this. You know, it was like, it was like all of these things I was doing and this like, spirit of like abandon like (laughs) with trust like I was defiantly doing things that I needed to do when it was inconvenient for other people but I I wouldn't have named it that it was just like it was just happening (laughs) yeah kind of like you just I mean yeah it sounds a little bit like a loss of control but I mean that sounds Mm -hmm. quite as as quite a negative thing but it was more like yeah, just a full release and surrender and and trusting like my body needs to and wants to move in this way. So I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to question it. Yeah. And like the, the, the limits that had been placed had been placed on my mind and, and those remained there, but uh, my body had found like this loophole of like, oh, since you're disconnected from us, we'll just do whatever the fuck we want. (laughs) And and it was like, it was sort of like a controlled burn. Cause like, my mind knew this was not a safe space for me to just be being and doing things, but I had given my body about an inch and it took about a mile. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh goodness. That's so funny. <laughs> I had a similar experience, but not, not quite to the degree that you did with that, but I just, there was just one period of time in my life where I was like, why do I just feel like I need to keep doing hip circles? Like, why do I want to be doing like these figure outs? Why do I want to be like moving my hips in this way? And I'd be doing it like during my stretches and stuff. And then, and then someone shared, my mentor at the time shared with me, you know, it's because we hold so much in our hips. And I was like, ah, I see just like that full, just, all right, I'm just going to do it. But why this feels really weird. And I think that's just such a beautiful reminder that our, bodies often know so much more than what we could um, conceptualize or try to like get into our mind about. Mm -hmm. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that story. Are you still doing hula by the way, hula dam? (laughs) I don't, but I, but I love doing like ever, like on my own, I love to dance hula. Like it always comes out any, anytime I'm dancing, I'll do like a couple moves, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't like, I was like given permission to teach it, but I never did. Cause it never felt right. Yeah. Um, me Howley coming in. So, <laughs> but I definitely, I definitely still practice on my own and I love it. <laughs> yes. Nice. And I love that, you know, hula or, or hip movements or, you know, just moving your body sensually, just 
moving in that sort of way where our hips are really like guiding and controlling the movements can be that spiritual practice. You know, instead of thinking like spiritual practice needs to be sitting down and meditating and, you know, using my crystals, it's like, no, just like move your hips. It's going to awaken some shit in you. (laughs) (laughs) Awaken some shit in you. Yes. Agreed. It's, it's so interesting. Like the, the experience for me, like my religious experience was what you were saying was very serious and was very like intellectual and mind focused and very like in one dimension. And like, if the body was involved, it was the, the like subjugate, what's the word submissive. It was like to be controlled or dominated. And the experience of spirituality that I have is one that includes all of you. So your mind can be present. Your body can be present. Like everything to me needs to have a part and be a participant in a spiritual practice for me, for it to feel whole and like connective in the way that like I receive spirituality. Mm, I love that. Yeah. The wholeness, beautiful. I am quickly interrupting today's episode to share about a freebie that I have created just for you. My Awaken Your Senses guided practice is all about deepening your connection to your internal self while showing your physical body the love and gratitude it deserves. If you are craving a moment of stillness in amongst mum life, and a practice for you to really start feeling yourself again, this is for you. After completing the practice, Emma said she felt alive, sexy, empowered, strong, and beautiful. Are you ready to feel that way too, Mama? You sure as hell deserve it. Get it straight to your inbox via the link in the show notes. All right, back to the episode. And so you are a mama now. So yeah. I would love to hear about your matrescence journey. What has that journey into motherhood been like for you? Did it feel natural? Did it feel resisting? Did it feel like, I don't know, all of the things you share with me? How was it for you? <laughs> <laughs> I, this is such a good question. It's also it's like it feels like such a big question. It is a huge question. <laughs> Because I'm like, which stage, you know, like, um, I love being pregnant. I felt like I, the literally like within a couple of days of conception, I felt her in my body. Mm-hmm. I could feel like an energy pulsing. It obviously, you know, it's a clump of cells, but like I could feel my energy going in this specific space. I could sense her there. Wow. And so being with the experience of my body growing another human being was like this. I can feel my body in a way that I've never felt before. And that was fucking magical. Mm-hmm. I loved, I loved that journey. Like, obviously I hadn't, I had morning sickness and like, there was a lot of uncomfortableness in that process as well. But like the, the experience of being with and in my body in that process was truly beautiful. And so was this after your hula awakening? Yes. 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 This was maybe five, four years after that. Mm -hmm. So it was a while. 
Um, I'd been practicing yoga regularly at that point and other forms of dance. So I definitely felt more connected to my body than I ever had. Yeah. And um, just feeling a little bit more subtle differences in my own energy around different experiences was, I think, a part of what allowed me to like feel all of my energy going to my uterus. <laughs> um, but yeah, like my my delivery was pretty rough. I had a doula and I worked with a physical trainer up until delivery and after like to prepare my body and everything. But it was still like a really rough experience. I'm I know like this podcast is called Matrescence. So I imagine you have a lot of moms listening. But I had a fourth degree tear. Um and I had an epidural, but it like stopped working. Um, and so but I didn't know that that could happen. I didn't know that was a thing. So I was really confused and I was like shouting like why does it hurt right here am I dying (laughs) it was really scary um but once I got like the right medication and stuff (laughs) I felt like I was able to like settle into that space and being a mom honestly felt kind of foreign to me but being with her didn't Mm. um my own mother is a great human and um was a really good mom but not like affectionate in the way that like most people define mothers not like necessarily warm and so i i had like a lot of conflict around like who i was supposed to be and what i thought a mom should be Mm -hmm. and um I was also very afraid of losing myself to motherhood because my mom never had a career or friends outside of like us and our parents or our friends parents you know like it was very her entire world did revolve around us and Mm -hmm. that had never been something that I actually wanted so for me it was a challenge to I think honestly, because of that, I held on a little too tightly to my previous identity mm-hmm. and instead of allowing that transformation to take place. Mm-hmm. So it, it took me it took me later, like a little bit longer, maybe than someone else to go through that process of settling into this new role and identity. Um, and and because of that, I feel like I maintained friendships and community and had I don't I, it felt like a smooth transition into that my my sister already had three kids my brother had a kid like I had people around me who had kids it wasn't um I was always surrounded with community so I didn't feel like I was alone in that experience and that made all the difference in the world yeah beautiful when you say that your mom kind of gave up you know her life essentially and just dedicated it to to the um to her kids is that something that you kind of noticed and recognized growing up or is that something that you noticed on reflection when you moved into motherhood that's such a good question um it's actually something that i noticed growing up and and like i want to be clear like 
if you're a mom who's chosen to stay home with your kids, like amazing. Great. Like I love that for you. And, and I think that every woman should have a choice. And I think for me, the challenge was that I was raised to be a wife and mom. Mm. I wasn't like my parents didn't encourage me to get a real education or to pay for an education. Um, I went to Bible college and like the assumption was that I would get married and be a missionary or pastor's wife. And that's what I said I wanted for the longest time because it was like the highest thing we could aspire to. Mm -hmm. So for me, a lot of my resistance, I think around like I don't want to lose my identity. You know, it wasn't because I had a big career or like anything set out for me already. It was because I I was afraid of being pulled into this space of getting lost in something. Yeah. That that's what that's what it appeared to me. And and my, you know, my mom went to Bible college and so did my dad. That's where they met. Like they had this path set out for them too. And um I just wanted more for myself. And mm-hmm. what had fears around beca- what becoming a mom would shift in, you know, in that yeah. role, if that makes sense. So it was like, it was like my own fears and history tied up with that experience going in. Yeah. And I would just love to echo what you said about if you've chosen to stay home with your kids, that's incredible. It's like one of the hardest jobs in the world. Like, let's be honest, yes. but you can also yes. be a stay at home mother and not lose yourself not have to give every element and every aspect and every part of your identity to your children and to your motherhood. You can still be a woman outside yes. of motherhood, even if you are a stay-at-home mom. So just really want to kind of mention that and honor that as well. 1000%. And some of the coolest people I know do that. <laughs> yeah. Like we do not get enough <laughs> credit and praise for the work that we do when we are staying at home with our children. Like, no. And, and we see that in you know, the way that we value childcare workers and the way that we value teachers, you know, it just really echoes the way that we value motherhood within society. And it's just nowhere near to the degree of what it should be honoured mm-hmm. and respected. Take, so, Take that another level in emotional labour. Being, yeah. being a mom is emotional labour. And if you are doing that day in and day out, you have about 12 different full-time jobs that you're doing, which yeah. includes cooking, planning, managing the house, including anything else that you want to add on top of that that you're doing. I've been a full-time stay-at-home mom. It's it's a shit ton of work. It's a shit ton of work. And I think that's also why it's even more so important to make sure that you do create space and create time to understand who you are in this season, what your identity is, what you do for fun. You know, what do you enjoy? What do you not enjoy? Rather than being like, oh, I go to the park with my kids for fun. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's fun for your kids. <laughs> you might get some secondhand enjoyment of the giggles, but, you know, you still need to find some stuff just for you to enjoy just just for you. Yeah, so, absolutely. What did that kind of um, process look like for you in, in because you said you were holding on to like parts of your identity. Mm-hmm. How did you kind of move through that release of letting go parts of your identity to create space and awareness for what this new Christina wanted? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, I think finding other moms that I felt were doing what I wanted to do. You know, it's it's like that finding that expander. Like 
you, if you have a way that you envision motherhood, like finding someone who is living that version of motherhood, taking the time for themselves, somehow managing to like make space for themselves so you can see how they're doing it. And Mm -hmm. like, I ended up finding moms and community where they were having that time for themselves. And in in some ways I had to become the example for other people because Mm -hmm. I needed to like step up and do that for myself. And honestly, like community of moms was really amazing to find and also a challenge for me as a queer mom. I, I felt like I, especially growing up, I felt like I didn't fit in with a lot of girls groups and, um, that kind of carried over into motherhood until I found like queer moms and, um, a broader expanse of what motherhood could look like that I could be a part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being open to, yeah, like you say, the new ways of living by what they're showing you. Yeah. Going back to what you said about, you know, aspiring to be the pastor's wife, because that's all you'd seen. That's the path that was written. So what what are what are we not seeing that might actually be what we want instead? And following the breadcrumbs, like, well, this, you know, this doesn't quite feel right. It doesn't feel like it fits me. So what does? Yeah. Like what's next? What's next for me to look at? And I think that's a beautiful reminder that, you know, in in Australia, I don't know what it's like for you in the US, but in Australia, we get assigned like a mother's group through our child health nurse and you get oh together. God, that's and, cool. <laughs> yeah, it is cool, but also it fails. You know, like if you're if your mother's group, if you're not not feeling like you're feeling connected to that mother's group and it just kind of disintegrates and you don't catch up and all those things, not seeing that as like, oh, well, that's it. There goes my chance of a mother's group. There goes my chance of mother friends. It's like, no, just keep looking. Like if you know you want that community and we all need that community, just keep looking and trying to find your people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And how are you now in motherhood? Do you feel like you've really like come into yourself really know yourself more do you feel like you're in a moment in time where you're unpacking some shit like what's going on for you like right now in your motherhood journey (laughs) um I feel like every age that she gets older is a chance or like not every age but every stage of development that she moves into is a chance for me to unpack healing work that needs to be done in my own life (laughs) so when I am conscious of that it's a really, really beautiful symbiotic experience where I get to make space for and love on her as well as my own inner child who's been through whatever it was so that I'm not projecting that on her. (laughs) But I, I absolutely adore the stage that we're at right now. She's four and a half and she made up an expression on the way to school today. She said, uh, cheese and whiskers that's tall. And I like as an expression. And I was just like, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, mommy, you have to say cheese and whiskers. That's a big truck. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, what? <laughs> just like those little things like that, you, you know, as a parent that you're just like, it's just my kid. And that's why I think it's funny, but that's the best fucking thing ever. <laughs> yeah. You know, you just like, you're like, I adore you to my core. Yeah. And like, I feel like um, I I think 
that I had postpartum depression. Um, and I asked my doctor about it and she, at the time she kind of brushed me off and was like, here's something that you can take to help you sleep or whatever. And, um, so I didn't like how it made me feel. And I kind of gave up after that. Mm -hmm. And, um, I really am bummed about that because, uh, after a while I actually did start taking something more regularly and, um, I was like, oh, this is what it's like to be present with your child. Mm. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that really has helped me tremendously be a more present parent for yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. And seeking help and support in that way is just so necessary. And I think sometimes we can have these opinions of like, I don't need that. That's not me. Or I can do it myself. But actually, sometimes we just need some help. Sometimes, you know, all of the spiritual tools and practices just aren't quite enough for what we need at certain stages of our life. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I just don't think, uh, I think life is too short to muscle through shit alone mm. and without support. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. I agree. Just as a rule. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy is hard. <laughs> you can quote that one. <laughs> <laughs> So you are an incredible embodiment and energetic coach amongst other things. So when you are supporting your clients, like, okay, first of all, let's just start with when, when you say like an embodiment coach, what does that actually mean? What does it mean to embody things or how do you support your clients with that? Good question. Um, so embodiment to me is very similar to spirituality. Like if you want to look at the actual definition of embodiment, it's like you could be like peeing and that's the embodiment that your bladder is full you know it's like real basic like you're hot so you're sweating that's embodiment like it's very basic i'm embodying but... summer here with my sweaty pits <laughs> yes you did it uh we are literally always embodying something um it's the it's the like physical manifestation of what's happening internally and in the world like it's it's just that physical manifestation of the those things so to when i talk about embodiment what i really mean is like coming in and living in the present moment with your reality and embodying who you are inside externally so mm -hmm. like self-expression and self-confidence and trusting your trusting your intuition all of that comes from being and learning to be with yourself in reality in the present moment mm -hmm. meaning like not adding stories to it but just being here because mm -hmm. that's that's a so simple but it's so much more challenging than it seems like we have so many stories that we believe about so many things and our minds are so quick to go down those pathways just because it saves time so yeah. to to be present and i'm not saying you should be present 100 percent of the time like by all means shut off for you know the time you need to <laughs> but like <laughs> taking the time to be present and to practice being present allows for us to see what our bodies are doing in that moment 
and to notice things about ourselves in reality and then make decisions from a place of sovereignty about that. Yeah, and it can be hard to know what we want that embodiment or that expression to be because we're often so shut off from what we're feeling. So getting getting present, getting quiet, coming back internally to be like, okay, what, you know, how do I actually want to express myself? When do I feel the most alive? Mm. It can also be, yeah, like you say, very challenging because we have all the stories around, well, expressing myself in that way means this for me or means I'm that kind of person or means that I could be open to this kind of criticism or that person's going to judge me or I've always been this other person. So what happens if I shift my identity, right? And there's like all these spirals. So (laughs) yeah. What do you notice as like some of the big things of or the big uh, topics around resistance that you work with your clients through? Yeah. um, Yeah. You named a lot of the resistance. It's like, it's usually from our persona, which is like our ego, that desire to keep things exactly as they are so that we stay in this perceived sense of like safety. Mm -hmm. So um, anytime we go to change anything, our ego is like, you don't really need to do that that's not good because of this. Like it has all of these stories that sound a lot like us to try and keep us in the same place. So if we're like, I'm trying to think of an example, but usually, usually it's around how others perceive us because that's how a lot of us have learned to gain safety. Mm -hmm. Um, We have, especially like, you know, those of us socialized as women, like we've grown up looking around to judge our environment and our safety by how other people respond to us. Mm. And we try to manage how particularly men are responding, but also women. Like we just are always looking around to see like, is this person like me? And if they do, then I'll feel safer. And if I can make them like me, I'll feel safer. So there's a lot of like this perceived sense of control that has served us and has kept us safe in the past that we have resistance around letting go of and for very good reason. So usually what I'm coaching my clients on is not like the big, like, (laughs) just go say no to your boss. You know, like it's not, it's not like the it's not usually like the big burst of confidence or the big embodiment of all your desires in one go. It's like essentially like how can we take where you're comfortable and expand it just a little bit? Mm-hmm. And then in that process, look around, feel your senses, be like, I'm still here. Everything's still okay. I lived through that (laughs) and then take the next step (laughs) because yeah, it's it. If you, if you stop too fast and too much, it like jars your nervous system and doesn't support your growth. Yeah. So really just pushing those edges a little bit by little bit and then coming back to safety like, okay, I'm still safe here. I did it. Nobody died. <laughs> Nobody, <laughs> Nobody died. Nobody said when... anything. Nobody even gives a shit <laughs> that I'm I, wearing. I couldn't bring. Pants. Yes, <laughs> I couldn't bring potato salad to the to the girls' night, or I forgot the wine, and everyone lived. You know, like <laughs> like it's okay. And like we, if we allow ourselves in those moments 
to be present, to be conscious, to be embodied, we can be with those sensations in a way that re reminds our body, like creates a new memory of safety. Like mm-hmm. I know last time that you, Kieran, did this thing, it felt like you were dying because your parent rejected you. But you have you now have a new memory that when you remembered you forgot the wine at your girls' night that everyone was okay. And like, you have a new felt embodied sense of safety (laughs) with this experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Practice failing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's something they talk about um, in yoga. I I don't have like a big yoga practice. I just do it at home. Yoga by Adrienne on YouTube. Uh, Not sponsored, but would. (laughs) Adrienne, hit me up if you want to sponsorship. (laughs) She always talks about like practice falling, you know, like when you're doing the balance poses, like practice falling, see what happens. Like, it's okay. It's okay to fall. It's okay to fail. We just build it up from there, build up the strength, like the physical strength, the internal strength, the releasing the judgment around not doing it perfectly, not hitting the shapes perfectly, or, you know, looking like those yoga influences that you feel like you want to be looking like. It's okay to take the time in your practice. Yeah. So, you know, kind of as we do these things, we have this real desire and you support your clients through stepping into this sort of innate power and finding our confidence and being able to embody that. What what does that actually mean? Like how do we how how do we change how we show up in life to have this innate power and this confidence and what does it look like? Yeah. Um one of one of my favorite pieces adv- pieces of advice was something my brother told me like four years ago or something like that. And I was talking about a conversation I had to have with someone. And um, he said, you know, the only power you have in a negotiation is your ability to walk away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm. And I I thought about it for a whole year after that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's true. Um, our power comes from our ability to say no. And we say no so that we can say yes to other things, right? Like it's not really about the no necessarily. It's about what we actually do want. But the no is creating a space for us to go towards what we want. So practicing no in the same way that I just mentioned in that expanding circles kind of way and then noticing our safety and expanding and saying no is really what creates the power for us to trust ourselves and have confidence in life. Because whether you change your mind or not, you have had the ability then to use your voice and you were the one who is deciding something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a lot of work to trust yourself enough to make decisions that require a no. Yes. 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 I swear the entire like journey of our lives, like, you know, the, you know, the movies, you know, the books, like the great epic heroine, right? She's like, she's going through a tough time. Then she reaches the mountain peak throughout this whole time. She's given decisions, right? She has the hard decision. Is she going to do this mission? Yes. Is she going to like hike this hill? Yes. Is she going to, you know, she has to make these decisions. And really the pinnacle of that story is her making the hardest decision of her life. The whole entire thing is about making decisions mm-hmm. and her being with the decisions she makes in that process. I think we're the same way. Our lives 
our growth is about our ability to continue to make greater and greater decisions for ourselves in our lives. Mm, yeah. It yeah. is hard. I and love that. It. it is hard and you can do it. And <laughs> It's okay to start small. <laughs> a 1,000%. Please do. <laughs> Please do. It's imperative that you get your nervous system on board. <laughs> yes. Start. So start with like, like, I don't really like this TV show. Is there something else we can watch? Like, and if that feels like too much, say, I don't want mustard on my sandwich. Like, whatever it is, like. And really be with yourself in that process. Cause depending on what your life has been like to that point, that shit is fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. And we're and so used are- to keeping ourselves uncomfortable to make other people supposedly more comfortable. Yeah. And it's so easy to like hear these influencers and people who are just like, love yourself. And it's like a fucking command. And they're like, value yourself. And you're like, good God, like calm down. It's not mm-hmm. that easy. I just, yeah. it feels, it feels overwhelming. And I feel like it's unhelpful when yeah. it comes to really, really valuing ourselves in this process. Like there's no shame in starting exactly where you are because yeah. right now, as you are you are perfectly lovable and deserving and worthy of community and respect and love and belonging. You don't need to reach the mountaintop to have that. Yeah. You have that now. Yeah. You learn the process of saying no on your way. One step where you already are right now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This reminds me of a, a memory. It just, just kind of popped into my head when I'm, I was, I was a child, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11 or something. And we were at my auntie and uncle's house and my mom and my auntie were doing the dishes. And, you know, like usually you've got a preference whether you wash or you dry. Well, I forget who's who, but one had a preference that they preferred to wash and one had a preference that they preferred to dry. But they ended up doing the other thing without realising. So, like, say my mom's preference was to wash. She was like, well, I'll dry because that's the shitter of the job, so I'll just dry so I can take that, you know, uncomfortableness away from her. And my auntie was like, well, I hate washing, so I'll wash because that'll, you know. And so they both had the opposite preference and they were doing the other thing. And then when they realised, they were like, well, this is stupid. So it's like, you know, when we we might have this perceived idea that we're making someone else uncomfortable, but without speaking up, everyone might just be even more uncomfortable. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. We had a very real manifestation of that on a trip this past spring. My my brother and I and a couple of friends went to Nashville um, for a weekend trip and we were out dancing and he had like seen me yawn and like made the assumption that I was tired and I had seen him yawn and made the assumption that he was tired and he thought our other friend was tired. So it was like this whole triangle of like, we were all, we literally exited the club. We're standing on the, we're standing on the sidewalk. I was like, wait, who actually wants to go home? And I was like, not me. I thought you were tired. Not me. I thought you were tired. <laughs> we all went back in. <laughs> it was just like, oh my God, we like just needed to say it. <laughs> Whereas in reality, you're just like catching yawns. <laughs> like- <laughs> it was just like, I do that in the middle of the day. It's fine. <laughs> I'm always yawning. <laughs> oh, goodness. So as we kind of step into reclaiming more of our power to starting to say no to things we want to say no to, to starting to say yes to the things that we want us to say yes to. 
Are there other things that, you know, you find that your clients come along the way as that, you know, there's the, there's obviously the challenges of getting started on this process of trying to find the peace and trying to find the quiet and find what lights you up. But then as you kind of get through that process and you're start on, starting on that process, do you find there's any extra kind of challenges that pop up along the way that are common for your clients to experience or it's more of just like a deeper level of unpacking of those things that were there at the start? I think it's kind of like a deeper level. So I think part of the frustration is like we'll go through like an initial level of something and they'll have a breakthrough and they'll understand like themselves at a new level and be like, I did this and like understanding their worth in a new way. And it's like really powerful to see. And then they'll have an experience like same later towards the end, or if I'm working with them for a second time and they're like, this has come up for me again. And like, I was like, I should know this already. And I was like, ah, that's the layer we're working on now because no, <laughs> this is another layer of the same thing. Our our growth is an upward spiral. You will hit the same things as you go up. And it's just another layer of this thing and you, another area for you to offer yourself compassion and healing in, another way to see and accept yourself. And it's so much of our like desire for arrival and desire for ho- cohesive narrative mm-hmm. that we want to say, I learned this thing. I learned motherhood. Look at me. <laughs> like I get it now. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then we're like, <laughs> you know, a couple months later, like I'm a shit mom. Like, <laughs> yeah, you have the, you have the one smooth day and it's like, I'm the full embodiment of <laughs> your nurturing mother. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so I've I, been there. I've been there. Oh, That's me. God, yeah. <laughs> I'm awesome. But like, I think, I think the next layer for a lot of us and for my clients and, you know, myself included is just that level of like cutting it out with all of the doing and moving into more of the being with who we are. So like, I feel like in the beginning, there's this, like, I have so many things to heal and I want to heal this and I want to heal this. And there's a lot that needs healing. There's a lot of things that need to be shifted around. And I think like after moving through some of that, and maybe a lot of that, if you're me, (laughs) then you get to this place where you start to see these things come back up and they're being asked to be taken at a slower pace. Mm. Like maybe this time instead of solving everything in motherhood we just we just work on this one component of patience in this area yeah and it it's like this taking those things at a slower deeper level knowing that the purpose of it is not actually to arrive at your whatever your unattainable goal is that you've set for yourself like being the perfect mom <laughs> <laughs> me <laughs> but but it's really is really about enjoying your child and really about being with the reality of life as it is in that moment and what that looks like yeah and knowing that even through those moments where you're not necessarily 
enjoying life, enjoying motherhood, enjoying your child, like that is okay as well. It's just inviting more compassion into yourself for the journey that we're on. It's, yeah, it's about accepting when those things come up, when you mess up or when you're just not happy about whatever to not shame yourself. But knowing how to be with like, this is just part of being human. Mm. And like, I'm not wrong and my kid's not wrong. And the car broke down and this is really not the best day. And that's also okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm still alive. We're still here. I'm still alive. (laughs) Yes, look at me. (laughs) I'm here. (laughs) I'm here. We're doing this. (laughs) So, Christina, how has your life changed since you've, you know, you had this, uh newfound spirituality I guess you could say this you know embodiment of self like what does your day-to-day look like as the full embodiment of Christina at the moment (laughs) usually involves wearing weird clothes I like got this obsession at the beginning of the year with finding like really fun shirts and I haven't stopped this one has dinosaurs I love Um, it it's so it's so fun though like it's so fun (laughs) I love, I'm very happy about it, obviously. But also, um, how terrifying can it be to start wearing loud shirts if all you've worn is black and white? Like, you know, like that's, I, that can be a big thing in itself, just changing the outfits. Yeah, well, it totally could have been. For some reason for me, it wasn't. But like respect, you know, respect if it's a challenge. I did only wear like black for most of my life. mm I wore a uh, little house on the prairie dresses until I was about 12. O- no surprise. No surprises. There. No surprises there. <laughs> then I wore black until I was about 26 or 26. You're like, I'm going to re- rebel these cutesy dresses <laughs> and wear black. <laughs> and now I'm in very strange prints and patterns. So I think, I think like the embodiment of me, like right now, is, is, self-expression and like I'm one of those people that's like I have a child so I don't say I have an ex you know one of those extravagant morning routines and I'm just like that sounds exhausting anyway I love my mornings but I I like to like what I mean by morning is like 8 a.m to like 10 30 a.m after she's at school like (laughs) um I I usually take my daughter to school first thing in the morning she wakes me up um or I wake her up and she comes and crawls in my bed she likes to snuggle in from like 6 30 a.m to 7 a.m every morning um and we have our own like I love you rituals and that's one of my favorite parts of the day Mm -hmm. and right now I work um part-time I have part-time amount of clients in my coaching business and obviously work on my podcast as well. And then the other part of the time I clean houses with my neighbor and listen to amazing audiobooks and podcasts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but like my free time, like my sister lives two houses down from me. So I spend a lot of time hanging out with her mm-hmm. and my brother's only like 10 minutes away. So hanging out with him as well. That's that's my community. And like, I have a lot more friends here in Kansas city as well, that I see less regularly, um, probably closer to once a month, but 
I really, I really am like a homebody when I'm not out partying, if that makes sense. <laughs> You've got your spurts of partying and then you're like, it's at home, at home or bust. I'm a, I'm a projector energy. Like I really could stay in bed all day and I do want to go dance with my friends when I have the energy <laughs> On your terms, right? On my terms. Yes and no, on your terms. Yes, Uh (laughs) exactly. Exactly. I like novelty, like the best of them. (laughs) Yes. So if someone's listening and they're like, okay, like I I get it, like it's important to embody my full expression, but I don't even know what that is. I don't even know where to start. Is there any like one tip to someone getting started or a tool that you can suggest that people can kind of take away and delve into themselves more? Yeah, I kind of want to like play, play. Well, that's, yeah, play was going to be my advice, but I want to play off of what you said earlier as well, that um, finding something for yourself, but like I would put it in the category of play. Mm. Um, So, and like as someone, since a lot of your listeners have kids, I feel like this is, this is an excellent way to like understand because you have a visual of what that looks like in your life of what it looks like for a a child to play, like find something that to you feels like play. So if that's painting, if that's literally playing with Play-Doh, which can be really fun, to be honest, Um, if it's roller skating, if it's um, hiking, if it's swimming, just walking, anything that you can do by yourself that to you feels like play is an excellent way to start embodying your expression. If it's just how you dress, then that's also fantastic. So something that the queer community does really well is expression through clothing. And it's, you watch kids do this. They're like all growing up. They try on different clothes. They try on different personalities. They try on like different attitudes and expressions and like they dress up and they say I'm so and so today right and it's like you're just like cool and you like respect that right because it's their process we are especially for those of us who weren't allowed to do that at a young age we were immediately playing into who we were told we should be we need to go through a phase of like allowing ourselves to play with expression If you want to be a bitchy bitch, then maybe try it on and see how it feels. If you don't like it, don't do it again. It doesn't, it's not who you are. It's something that you try on. And like, if it is who you are, you're going to be like, oh, that's good. That's me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So allowing yourself to play and stay in the mindset of play is, is, can be a really powerful way while checking in with your body. How does it feel? If you don't like it, that's also great. Yeah. Because everything in play is information. Like mm-hmm. if a kid fucking hates blocks, then he just does. And that's fine too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Same goes for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to gather, gather that evidence of things that you don't like as well as yes. finding the things that you do like. So yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. If the listeners would like to connect with you more, what is the best way for them to do that? Yeah, um, my podcast, Bitches, Witches, and Queers, can be heard anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And then my website is christinamcarlson.com. And then my Instagram is at Christina Carlson Life Coach. And I'm all of those places fairly regularly. 
Cool. I will make sure that's all linked in the show notes so that they can find you. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your wisdom and your story within this space today. I deeply, deeply appreciate it and appreciate you. Thank you. I'm so happy to have been here with you. And a big thank you to you, our dear listeners. We've loved having you on this journey with us today. We would really love to hear or see where you're listening to us from. So feel free to take a screenshot and share it to your stories and tag both of us and maybe share your biggest takeaway from this episode. Thank you for being here and I will be back in your ears again very soon. Bye.